Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're going to be talking about the search for happiness. You know what's interesting, and I'm, I'm going to go a little bit ethereal here, but, but the idea is if you think about us as human beings, we have our ego, and our ego is a construct of who we want people to see us as. It is a persona that we create where it is attached to various talents, accomplishments, things that we value, things that are important to us. And all those things are what we believe makes us up. And that persona carries resentment and it develops resentments because that persona has expectations of how it should be communicated with and how we communicate to others based on our persona. And so many times our life is surrounding that ego uh, and many times the disruptions in our life are created by the expectations of the ego. And that includes in marriage, in relationships with your family, friends, children, everything. It's all based off of that ego pretense. And then we have what is called our soul. And your soul is a very, 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 very simple thing because it only wants and gives one thing. And that is compassion to others and compassion to itself. And so if you're searching for happiness, you have to understand that your joy is going to become from your soul compassion. And what's interesting is some people live in that ego so much, they make their life so unhappy because they have all these expectations that never get met, that, that also respond uh, to those expectations as failures. There's huge emotional gaps. There's huge resentments. There's huge collection of negative narratives that come from the ego. And what happens is we forget our soul. And that means that we do something wrong as an ego. We cross some else's path and then if you go back to your soul your soul has compassion and so that's where people who apologize take responsibility for their negative transactions unfortunately some people build an ego that's so strong that they don't ever tap into their soul so if you're searching for happiness you have to also resonate with your soul which will take accountability it doesn't care if you're angry it doesn't care if it's been insulted it doesn't care what the world has to offer it doesn't care if it's starving it doesn't care whatever whatever's going on it doesn't have any other concern but compassion for others and compassion for itself that is the only thing the ego, or excuse me, the soul cares about. And if you are in touch with that, you have the opportunity to feel joy. Joy is the opportunity to be happy. So that means that if I'm feeling joy, I'm looking for happiness. Oftentimes, people are looking for how they're going to be hurt. So they live in fear. And when people live in fear, they're far removed from happiness. Fear is a state of mind where you're always on the defensive. And faith 
is the state of mind that makes fear dissipate because all of life is faith-based. We tell a joke, we have a conversation, we develop a friendship, we buy a car, we get a house, we get married, we have children, we take a job, move to another city. Whatever these things are, it's leaps of faith. And all of our activities are leaps of faith. And if we live in that, we have the opportunity to resonate with joy, which gives us the opportunity to be happy. Now, happiness is an electrifying and an elusive state. And it is a state. It is not a way of life. It is one emotion of millions of other emotions. Philosophers, theologians, psychologists, even even economists have long sought to define it. And, and since, let's say, probably the 90s, there's been a whole branch of psychology called positive psychology. And it's been dedicated to pinning down what happiness really is. And more than simply positive mood, happiness is actually a state of well-being that encompasses living a good life, one with a sense of meaning and deep commitment. And that is what is so important about the ingredients of joy and happiness is that we need to be deeply committed to our life and deeply content with our life as it is and create a life based off of what we have rather than what we don't have. Feeling joyful has its health perks as well. There's, there's a lot of research out there that suggests that happiness can improve your physical health, your feelings of uh, positivity, uh, fulfillment, uh, uh, cardiovascular health, immune system health, inflammation levels go down, blood pressure goes down. And, and uh, there's a whole lot of other things that happen within our body when joy and happiness are a part of who we are. Happiness has even been linked to the longer lifespan as well as a higher quality of life and well-being. You know, attaining happiness is a, a global pursuit. And a whole lot of research to find out from every corner of the world rates happiness has been in, has been active currently and it's currently something that our society is desperately needing is happiness because our media and our social media all dwell on the negatives in life and if we live in that construct we are going to have a construct of the world that's filled with fear you know regularly um you know, indulging in small pleasures, getting absorbed in challenging activities, setting uh, goals, maintaining social social ties, finding purpose beyond yourself, all increases our life satisfaction and the opportunity to be happy. And it isn't happiness that, that promotes well-being. It's the actual pursuit that's key to that. And happy people live with purpose. They find joy in lasting relationships, working towards their goals, living according to their values. You know, a happy person is not enamored with material goods or luxury vacations. There's a lot of people that have huge amounts of money, huge amounts of things that, are, that, that all of us would crave to have in our life, but they're not happy. And it's amazing that we think we can fill our life with riches, and that is going to bring us happiness. Happiness is the choice to have joy. You know, the person with, with the, 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 the simple pleasures, you know, like petting a dog, sitting under a tree, enjoying a cup of coffee, you know, that's a few of the outward signs that someone is somewhat content. 
You know, happy people also have ingredients like uh, wanting to learn new things, uh, having uh, high humility and patience, not putting themselves down per se, but actually understanding that we're no different than other people. We're not above or another person. Everybody's got good in them and we connect with the good in people. They also smile and they laugh. They go with the flow. They practice compassion. Compassion is the act of love. And so if you understand it, as I talked about the soul, the soul only wants compassion. How do you think Jesus lived his life. He was a walking soul. He gave compassion and he received compassion. You know, that is the example that we've been given. You know, and, and it's often uh, grateful people are very magnetic. Very few people say thank you or, or take the time to tell something great that somebody has done. You know, uh, somebody that exercises self-care, that's a sign of happiness. And they enjoy healthy relationships. Um, and they're happy for other people, not just themselves. That's important. And they, they also have ingredients of giving and receiving without torture, without resentment, without feeling like they're, they're owed something back. You also, they live with meaning and purpose. And what is meaning? Meaning is what you give. What you give something, if I'm going to go on a vacation, what does it mean to me? That's more important than going on a vacation. If I'm going to buy something, what does it mean to me rather than the object itself? That's what's more important. That's where we define our life. You know, and this a person that's happy is not spiteful and insulting or sarcastic and snarky, you know, they don't hold grudges. They don't register small annoyances. Um, you know, they respect other people. They're good listeners because people that are happy want to learn from other people. Everybody is more good than they are bad to a happy person. Everybody is more emotionally uh, uh, stable than they are unstable. Everybody's got good inside them. You know, everybody's more intelligent than we than we give them credit for. Everybody's got pockets of intelligence within the, you that you can identify with. They also don't play a martyr. They don't live like a victim, like they're owed something. They're not stingy with their happiness. They spread it amongst anyone that they can connect with. You know, misperceptions are all over the place when it comes to what we think will make us happy. People often believe that happiness will be achieved once they reach a certain milestone. That's hypothetical thinking. If this happens, then I can be happy. If this takes place, then I can do this. No, we don't live in hypotheticals. That's for attorneys. That's how they make their money. But we are not all attorneys and we don't live our life to be an attorney. Attorney is a job, but the fact is hypotheticals are not a way to live because that's all fear-based. It has to be, hey, I want to explore this idea. I'm going to do this thing. Make some decisions. Take a leap and enjoy your life and learn from your experience. It's called experiential learning. You know, and, and the other thing about happy people is they don't walk around uh, predicting failure. They don't catastrophize every negative, every possible outcome that could possibly happen. It'd be like playing a, a, a baseball game and deciding you're going to lose, the team's going to lose before it loses. Yeah, you probably will lose if you're on that team simply because you've already decided that you're probably going to lose. You know, humans are excellent at adapting to new circumstances, which means that people will habituate to their 
new relationship or their wealth or their opportunity or their new job or having children or getting married and they want to return to a baseline of happiness. Well, one major ingredient of happiness is making peace with what you have. That's called acceptance. And you don't live as if the grass is greener on the other side. You build from what you have and you go to the direction of where you envision yourself. You know, that's how we get through life. If you want to be a magnetic person, you need to look at the funny things in life. You look at the uh, the oddities that we all have. Understand that that you know we have this ideal of who we are, and then we have who we are, and who we are is usually a lot different than the ideal. You know, regarding finances, you know, research shows that sweet spot for yearly income is between actually surprise surprise sixty thousand to ninety five thousand a year. Not a million dollar salary. Earnings above ninety five thousand do not equate to increased well being. A person earning one hundred fifty thousand a year will not necessarily be as happy as a person earning a lot less. So you know when when uh, we have misconceptions of happiness, we also have constructs that create. And 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 you know we talk about hypotheticals. Here goes some of them. You know I'll be happy when I'm rich and successful. I'll be happy when I'm married to the right person. You know landing my dream job is going to make me happy. Buying a dog is going to make me happy. I can't be happy when my relationships falling apart. I will never recover from this. You know best years of my life are over. If you want to thematically set yourself up. To to not have happiness in your life, to not have health, to not have good people in your life. You want to surround yourself with people that are happier than you. You want to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, that are more emotionally stable than you are. You need to challenge yourself and not sit around with a whole room full of Eeyores. You know, that's going to drag you down. You know, positive psychology is a branch that explores human flourishing. It asks how people can experience positive emotions, develop authentic, compassionate, loving relationships, find flow, achieve their goals, build a meaningful life. You know, it's it's amazing that every person has unique life experiences, stuff that we can learn from, and therefore unique experiences of happiness. That being said, when, when people examine the average trajectory of happiness over a lifespan, some patterns tend to emerge. Happiness and satisfaction begin relatively high, decrease from adolescence to midlife, and rise throughout our older adulthood. You know, what makes someone happy in their 20s may not spark joy in their 80s. And joy in someone's 80s may have seemed irrelevant to their 20s. You know, we much we probably have a much more sharper, sarcastic point of view in our 20s than we do in our 80s. Or if you're in pain, you're probably a lot more sarcasm in your 80s. You know, you never know. You know, it's, it's just important for us to understand that we are a moving target. We are a work in progress. We are not an outcome. And if we define ourselves as a negative outcome, everywhere we live and at all the times that we live, we are going to carry baggage forever. We need to respond and have meaning in the moments we live in. We need to be emotionally available, and we need to offer availability in our spirit for health and happiness. If you're going to walk around judging everybody and everything in this world, 
you will never, ever be able to resonate consistently with happiness because you're developing a negative philosophy of life as if life does not have anything to give you. Life has plenty to give you, but you also have to have reciprocity where you give back. You know, happy people give emotional reciprocity. They receive something from somebody and oftentimes they will give happiness back. They will give compassion back. They will give acceptance back. They will give joy back instead of dwelling on the negative. Wouldn't it be nice if you had a marital partner that when you go down, I'm depressed, I hate this, I hate my job, blah, blah, blah. You know what? It's going to get better. I have faith it's going to get better. We're going to get through this. This is just the day you have, the moment you have, the job you have. It doesn't mean it's the end of your life. It's just today. Can we just do that? Have faith. That's how you answer the negative person. You don't go and sit down at the bottom with them and talk about how miserable both of you are. That's crazy, but that is exactly what victims want. They want you to sit down in their misery and they want to steal the soul straight out of your body by whining and whining and whining and never, ever offering a solution. You know, there's a lot of research that's identified uh, the health and happiness as they come together, and including a, li- uh, a longer lifespan. But it's difficult to distinguish which factor causes the other. You know, make changes to diet, exercise, sleep, and more help. Everyone feels more content. You know, and that's a good thing. And here's the true, true thing to know about happiness. Happiness is filled with relationships. That is what makes people the most happy, is to be surrounded by relationships that are healthy. And the more you do that for yourself, the greater your life will become and the greater your happiness will become. That's something that people seek Yet what defines happiness can vary from one person to the next. And when most people talk about the true meaning of happiness, they might be talking about how they feel in the present moment. And feelings to people, believe it or not, and if you're analytical, you won't believe this, but feelings are much more important than your thoughts. Your feelings must be honored and feelings of other people must be accepted and understood before we can ever go to logic. What we feel is who we are and we need to operate understanding that. If you don't, you have no meaning in your life and you're just walking around like an analytical robot and just coping with life. And a lot of people hide behind their analytical with the desire to be right. Happy people don't have to be right. Happy people don't care about being right. Happy people care about finding joy, finding joy. And the more we do that, the healthier our life becomes. And yes, wisdom and knowledge is all very powerful and they come with happiness because it takes intelligence to be a happy person. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. 
Learn about motivation and psychology, one couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the search for happiness. And what's really important to understand is that a lot of people will make commitments based on a try. I'll try to be married. I will try to raise my kids. I will try to uh, do this job. I will try to clean the house. I'll try, try, try. Try is one of the worst words in the English language because it basically means mediocre. It means that there's a back door. And if you want to live a life that's happy, if you want to live a life that's healthy, you have to live in a will, a will or a won't. That's called boundaries. I either will be married or I won't be married. We will be married. We will solve our problems. When we're committed, we have the opportunity for happiness. When we are half baked when we are mediocre, we are never going to find too much happiness in that because mediocre is mediocre and try is not a full effort or a full commitment. And people that are fully committed have the opportunity to be humble because they may make mistakes and they can laugh at themselves, but since they're still committed, they'll keep going and try to find healthy in whatever they're doing. They will evolve. They don't worry about failure. They don't worry about how they're seen. You see, and that's important for us to understand that. There's two key components of happiness or subjective well-being, as someone might call it, and that is the balance of emotions. Everyone experiences both positive and negative emotions, feelings, moods. Happiness is generally linked to experiencing more positive feelings than negative ones. But what's important is happy people, people that find happiness in their life, are way, are able to have compassion for negative feelings. If we could just stop trying to fix the world's problems – understand that they're not ours to fix. We are not here to fix how someone feels. We are here to validate how someone feels. We do not control how other people feel. They figure that out on their own. They arrive at their own solutions. But we can validate their feelings, and if you're willing to validate, you're willing to stay healthy. And many people don't. They go, well, let me fix that. Especially guys, they they can't stand to listen to a woman's feelings. How dare you talk to me? Waste my time with your feelings. You know, come on. Feelings are what make us people. 
you need to validate feelings if you want to exist. I don't care if you don't feel like you're in touch with your feelings. Start getting in touch with them if you want to get a life, if you want to come back to life and stop coping and start living your life. That means we validate emotions. We make them valuable. We make them understood. Because happiness tends to be such a broadly defined term. There, there's all kinds of uh, psychologists and scientists you know, they, they determined it's called uh, healthy well-being. But this balancing of emotions, that is, that is a huge thing. But to balance emotions means we need to validate how we feel and understand that that's just how we feel. And here's a funny thing. Emotions can only last three minutes unless you keep going, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel that way? And every time you answer it, you're adding three more minutes and you're stacking it up and it's like a wave. The wave comes in, oh, why'd that wave come in? Then it comes in stronger. Then it comes in stronger. Eventually it becomes a tidal wave. That's because we try to analyze our feelings. They're not meant to be analyzed. They're meant to be validated. If you wanna live a healthy, happy life, guess what? Get good at validating. And stop trying to solve the problem. Stop trying to overthink an emotion. Life satisfaction is also a key component. And that relates to how peaceful and satisfied you feel with different areas of your life, including your relationships, your work, your achievement, your children, your family, your friends, and other things that you consider to be important. You know, uh, there's other uh, definitions of, uh, that come from uh, such uh, philosophers as Aristotle, who suggested that happiness is the one human desire, and all human desires exist as a way to obtain happiness. And he believed that there were four levels of happiness, happiness from immediate gratification, from comparison, from achievement, from making positive contributions, and from achieving fulfillment. You know, it, Aristotle basically suggested it, happiness could be achieved through the golden mean, which means involving and finding balance between deficiency and excess. You know, the, the perception of happiness may be different from one person to the next. Some people don't express their happiness very well. They're happy, but they don't talk about being happy because they don't have a high EQ, means emotional quotient. That is your emotional intelligence. You know, um, some key signs of happiness in people, which you want to look for because those are the ones you want to surround yourself, feel like you're living a life you wanted. You know, going with the flow and, and willingness to take life as it comes. You know, that means, you know, that means we're, we're okay learning on the fly. You know, going with the flow is important to life. We don't control life. You can't control life. If you're going to live in expectations, you're trying to control life, and that is not how to live. It's preference, 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 preference. That doesn't have the negative connotation to it. You know, the feel, feeling that the conditions of your life are good, that's an ingredient of happiness. Enjoying positive, healthy relationships. Feeling that you've accomplished something that you wanted to accomplish in your life. Feeling satisfied with areas of your life. Feeling positive more than negative. Being open to new ideas and experiences. 
That's incredible to be able to get to know somebody that may be on what you consider to be the full opposite perception of life or or to have a completely different view of life than you do. Guess what? That's called Socratic learning, learning from others, taking what others have learned and integrating some of what they think, not all of what they think, into who we are. You know, gratitude is everything. Being thankful. If you want to be happy, be grateful. If you're grateful, you are teaching yourself to be at peace with what you have. It doesn't mean everything's going to stop right there. It doesn't mean you're not going to evolve, but it's important. You also have to have joy in other people and how other people live and in what other people do. You know, the happy people still feel the whole range of human emotions, anger, frustration, boredom, loneliness, even sadness from time to time. But even when we're faced with discomfort, they have an underlying sense of optimism that things will get better because life is a process. It's not an outcome. So we don't have to sit in misery thinking that in this moment, this is the way it's going to be for the rest of your life. That's just not how it goes. Life moves. It evolves. You have to be fully committed to it, though, if you want to experience true love. You have to have compassion for others and compassion for yourself. You know, there are many different ways of thinking about happiness. That You know, in, in Greek philosophy, Aristotle made a distinction between two, two different kinds of happiness. Hedonia, which happiness is derived from pleasure. It's most often associated with doing what feels good, self-care, fulfilling desires, experiencing enjoyment, finding a sense of satisfaction. And then there's edomonia. And this type of happiness is derived from feeling virtue and meaning. It means important components of edomonic well-being include feeling that your life has meaning, it has value, and it has purpose, and you're living what's called a purpose-driven life. And that life has to be beyond just you. It needs to be a life that people seek things in you that you have done that are difficult that they have not done. For instance, a plumber may bring you happiness. An electrician may bring you happiness because they learned a skill. A doctor may bring you happiness because they, they know medicine and you don't. You know, that's the decision to understand what do I want to be sought for is more important to how we can have a fulfilling life. You know, we have to have responsibilities. We have to have long-term goals. We have to concern for what the welfare of other, living up to personal ideals. And if you really, really, really want to be happy, get rid of all the crap that steals your integrity. Because people that don't manage their integrity will end up alone. That's how life is. And managing your integrity, which is what you do when no one else is looking, will dictate a lot of the relationships and a lot of the ways you respond to life. So if you're going to surround yourself with, with garbage, if you're going to surround yourself with pornography or whatever, you're going to find yourself in the garbage. You know, hedonia and edamonia are more commonly known today as pleasure and meaning. Pleasure and meaning. Wouldn't that be nice if we had more pleasure and meaning in our life? And if you want to have meaning, you have to be present in this moment, not in the future, not in the past, not in your head, engaged in the moment you're in. 
And that is all it takes to live a life of meaning, is to be fully available in the moment that you're in. But some people are so lost in their heads and in their relationships and into what they listen to and into the news and into all the garbage in life. They're so into all of that that they have distracted themselves from the very existence that they've been given. You know, research suggests that happy people tend to rank pretty high on edamonic life satisfaction, better than average on a hedonic life satisfaction. Meaning and and purpose is the most important ingredient, ingredient, and then pleasure. Meaning, purpose, and pleasure. Can't we do these things? Wouldn't it be great if we filled our life with at least pleasure and meaning? Wouldn't that be great? If we could look for that in our life, wouldn't it be great for the, that we look for humor in ourselves, in our in our our, our 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 inadequacies, and maybe even help find humor in what other people do, and and how smart they are, and what they have done, and how clever they are. You know, all of these play an important role in the overall experience of happiness. You know, the relative value each can uh, each person holds in happiness is very subjective. But some activities may be both pleasurable and meaningful, while others might skew more one way or the other, especially if you're doing stuff, let's say, for your children or doing stuff for your house or your, your well-being, like cleaning your house. It may not be a task that you're up for, but you got to do it. It's important because if you don't do it, you're going to sit around thinking about it while uh, it gets worse and worse and worse. And, you know, volunteering for a cause you believe in might be more meaningful and pleasurable. Watching your favorite TV show uh, might rank lower or higher in your pleasure principles. You know, here's some words to think about. Joy. It's it's often relative belief, feeling that is felt in the present moment. Excitement is a happy feeling that involves looking forward to something with positive anticipation. Gratitude. That involves being thankful and appreciative of what others bring your life. Pride, a feeling of satisfaction in something that you've accomplished or others have accomplished. Optimism, it's a way of looking at life with a positive, upbeat outlook. See, these are ingredients of happiness. Contentment, this is this is peace, guys. This is the type of happiness that involves a sense of satisfaction. While some people just tend to be naturally happier, the other things that you can do to cultivate your sense of happiness needs to come from you. Achieving goals that you are intrinsically motivated to pursue, particularly ones that actually give growth and community and affect other people's lives in a positive way, boosts happiness. And there's a lot of research that pursuing these intrinsically motivated goals can increase happiness more than pursuing extrinsic goals like gaining money or status. Money and status can only buy you so much in this life. It's your soul that is the most important ingredient, and and there's no price on your soul. There's no price on your life. Your life is as valuable as you make it and how you connect to other people and what you bring to other people's lives and how hard you work in your life to bring things to other people that you're good at. That's important. That's the essence. The other thing is enjoy the moment. You know, people that enjoy the moment, you know, they become focused on accumulate. Some people want to accumulate stuff. They lose track of enjoying what they're doing. 
But if you enjoy the moment, like go to a sports event, that's a good idea. When you go to a sports event where your team is doing well, don't focus on are they going to win or lose. How are they playing? And enjoy how they're playing in the moment. You know, if they're doing well, that's something to celebrate. That's a good way to understand that we have to engage our mind in activities that we're in, in the places that we're in, and celebrate those moments. You know, we also have to understand that these negative narratives, we are so uh, wanting to be right that we will grab onto bias research to prove our negative narrative. Oh, this person is this. Oh, look what they did now. This is what the world has done uh, to politicians for good reason. Um, is that we collect evidence why they're criminals, why they're bad people. You know, we we use them as an example. We tear them down and we just cr- collect as much bias research as we can as a habit. And then we dictate outcomes based on that habit of collecting evidence to prove ourselves correct. People are so needing to have negative narratives in their life to prove how somebody is less than they are. And then when you turn the mirror back to them, you find that their value may be less than the person they're criticizing. And so the bottom line is we all need to look each other in the mirror and look at ourselves in the mirror and understand that if you're going to judge others, you need to understand you got to get your life together. You got you are responsible for your happiness. You're responsible for for your point of view. You know, before television, people had to look at the good in each of us. All of us had to find the good within each other. That was important because we didn't have television to distract us. We didn't have computers and phones to distract us. We had to do it ourselves. And that means we had to create relationships. And now that we live in a world where we're completely distracted, people don't even know how to carry on a conversation sometimes. So if you want happiness, you have to engage in relationships everywhere you go. That's important. You know, being happy may help you become sick less often. Also, happier mental states are linked to increased immunity, you know. If you want to be a happier person, some people seem to have naturally higher baseline, but on a large scale uh, of of looking at people, overall uh, satisfaction is given to, number one, how you're raised, number two, your genetics. Some external events, especially trauma, can affect your happiness and then your individual activities. But the idea is you can grow out of all negativities if you choose. But if you want happiness, you need healthy. You need healthy. You need to not take yourself so serious. And you you need to not take your life so serious. We need to take serious what we're good at. But that is where we put the commitment. We want to be serious about how we raise our kids from a values perspective. But we don't want to knock them down and, and take the soul out of their body and break their will. No. And we don't want to do that with our partner. You know, we want to bring them up. We need to bring people up. If you want to be a healthy person, if you want to be a happy person, if you want to be sought for your happiness, you have to celebrate others and you have to have compassion for other people's lives and you have to look for the good in every person's life rather than the bad. And we are so bad about doing that in this life and in this day and age. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about happiness. And we're going to talk about some goals to get us to happiness. So come back. Change your world. 
change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. You know, it's amazing what grateful people can do to make their life happier. You know, if you're surrounding yourself with a lot of gloom, here's a way to help yourself. Is if you're going to take, let's say, 10 minutes, maybe five minutes in your day, some part of your day, maybe before you go to bed, And write an email to someone in your life about how grateful you are to them and send it and see what happens. Send it to friends. Send it to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time. Send it to somebody who needs to forgive you, somebody that you need to forgive. Send it to your children. Send it to people. You know, take one a day, one a day, one person in your life. And talk to them about how grateful you are in an email. Send it and see what happens. See what happens to your relationships and how they grow. You know, it's amazing. When people are grateful, we just hear it so little in this life. But when people are grateful, they are magnetic. We love grateful people in our lives. And unfortunately, we are all pretty bad at it overall. And we need to be so much more. Because grateful means that you are important to me. What you did impacted my life. What you did has impacted the way I think. What you did impacts the way I feel. Even though I may not even know you, I just need you to know 
that you brought this into my life by something that you did. And it doesn't have to be a friend. It could be somebody completely outside of the box that you paid attention to and it positively influenced you in a great way. We need to be grateful so that others can understand their own values because other people have bad days too. Other other people have moments where there's a lot of negativity. And when you give them positivity, you give them life back. You give meaning back. And that is a good way to get your own happiness meter up. You know, a sense of purpose involves seeing your life as having goals and direction and meaning. And it, it really improves happiness. When some things you, you can do to help find that is like explore your interests and your passions. You know, engage in uh, pro-social and altruistic causes. Stop calling yourself an introvert and people suck, you know, they, they, they suck my energy. Yes, if you're an introvert, people do suck your energy. So maybe you need to temper how much energy you spend, but you need to engage with people. You can't just hibernate because of COVID and all that stuff gave you so many good excuses to do that. But the bottom line is you got to get out there and you got to socialize. And if you have to do that through a computer, do it that way. But you need to engage. You need to engage in other people's lives. And altruistic causes are things that mean something to you specifically, Something that that uh, you want to make an impact on in this life that it actually impacted you. You know, work to address injustices. You know, the world is not just. The world is not fair. Fair is a place where they judge pigs. But the truth is we can look for injustices that can be corrected or, or addressed. And that can be a positive thing. Look for new things that you might want to learn more about. You know, I love learning new things. New things bring great perspective in life. The sense of purpose is influenced by a variety of things. Like um, it's something that you have to cultivate. It involves finding a goal that you care about that leads you to engage productive, positive actions in order to work towards that goal. And you don't want to do it as a secret. You don't want to do it behind the scenes. You want to do it to where you're impacting other people. You know, when you're seeking happiness and you're displaying that, you're teaching other people how to be happy. And there are times when the pursuit of life satisfaction falls short, but some challenges uh, is to value the wrong things. Like if you're going to value alcohol, that's not going to help you. Money may not be able to buy you happiness, but but spending money on things like experiences can make you happy because that's that that's memories. You cannot put a value on memories. You cannot put money on a memory. Memories are powerful because that is your legacy. When you die. Those memories that you took the time to make with other people is your legacy. And that is important for all of us never to forget. You know, uh, um, if you want to save money, saving time, saving uh, yourself, cutting down your budget may give you a sense of satisfaction. Rather than overvaluing things such as money or status or material possessions or how people view you or pursuing goals – People don't care about you. They don't think about you that much. Even your kids, 
don't think about you that much unless they need something. Your family does not think about you that much. Yes, they think about you, but and yes, you're important, but the idea is your boss does not think about you all day long, but we tend to think we are so freaking important that we live our life to be seen. It's not that. It is where do I connect with others and what value do I bring that other people seek me out for? That is what's important. That is the key to happiness. It's not seeing yourself through other people's eyes and then turning around and judging yourself based on what you think people think of you. That's immature, and we need to grow out of that. Unfortunately, people don't grow out of it until midlife when they hit their midlife crisis and throw all their integrity out the window because they're all of a sudden making purchases and doing stupid things and getting having sex with the younger people and doing stupid stuff. That's what people do in a midlife crisis because they stifled it for so long and worried about how people look at them. Stop worrying about how people look at you. Worry about the value you bring to other people's lives. Happiness is not a goal that you can simply reach and be done with. It is a constant pursuit that requires continual nurturing and sustenance in yourself and in others. And people who tend to value happiness most tend to feel the least satisfied with their life. And so I just want to be happy. Well, if you want to be happy, find joy in your life. Find purpose and meaning. Valuing happiness can be self-defeating because the more people who value happiness, the more likely they'll feel disappointed in not having happiness. You know, And other people are not responsible for your happiness. And bored people are boring. So the, the whole idea is if, if you're going to go through life, you cannot be expecting other people to make you happy. That's not going to happen. You have to bring happiness. You have to see differences in life. You have to see humor in life. You have to take things so so less serious than others. You know, perhaps the lesson is not making something broadly defined as happiness your goal. Instead, focus on building and cultivating the sort of life and relationships that bring fulfillment and satisfaction of your life. It's also important to consider how you personally define happiness. Happiness is a broad term that means different things to different people. Rather than looking at happiness as an endpoint, it can be more meaningful to think about what happens, what happiness really is, and what it really means to you. And then you work on small things of appreciating what you do have rather than what you don't have. You know, there's happiness has a long recognized as a critical part of health and our well-being. And the pursuit of happiness is even given uh, in our U.S. Declaration of Independence. And our understanding of what will bring happiness, however, has shifted over time. So a lot of psychologists have also proposed a number of different theories, you know, like the hierarchy of need uh, suggests that people are motivated to pursue increasingly complex needs. One more basic needs are fulfilled. People then are motivated by more challenging needs and emotional needs. So they tend to one up themselves. And at the peak of the hierarchy is the need for self-actualization and the need to achieve one's full potential. And that means we stop living apologetically. We live in our full potential, in our full confidence of who we are. That's where we live our best life. And the theory suggests that the importance of, of peak experiences or transcendent moments in which a person feels deep understanding, happiness, and joy all bring us enlightenment. And enlightenment can bring us happiness. Wisdom 
can bring us happiness. The pursuit of happiness is central to the field of positive psychology. So, you know, these psychologists who study positive psychology are interested in learning ways to increase positivity and helping people live happier, more satisfying lives. But that means we look outside of ourselves for what we're grateful for in others. We look outside of ourselves for what we can give others and do for others rather than focusing on our own pathologies and our own big issues. Look around and look for joy in your life. And that is a good life. You know, if you think about happiness, it's, it's, it's often thought of as a state to spend our whole lives chasing. Well, that's miserable. Some believe happiness comes from within, while others state happiness is the sum of all factors in your life, lining up in perfect form. Well, there is something to say about that, and that is having balance in your life, having areas of your life that are stable and fulfilling and happy. And you want to anchor on those and then try to make healthy the other areas that are not healthy. And if you can do that, you get much more balance. If we learn to accept each other and acknowledge each other's feelings, we have a much better opportunity for happiness in our life. If we're too busy trying to solve the world's problem and solve our partner's problem and our children's problems and trying to always be the problem solver, the solution, there's no happiness in that. There's a lot of brain work, but there's not a lot of gratification. And so we ourselves need to back off on the need to control things that we cannot control. If you want to be psychotic, if you want to be depressed, if you want to be anxious, if you want OCD or any of these other crazy disorders that man makes up, then try to control something you can't control. And then your coping skill will be that symptom, that ingredient, that diagnosis. That's what it will be. Because you're trying to control things you can't control. So you may be depressed. You may not be able to get out of bed. You may become manic and go to Las Vegas and spend all your money. You, 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 you may uh, end up finding yourself uh, uh, feeling anxious and fearful all the time and vulnerable. You know, that, that happens in life if you live in fear. There's nothing funny about fear. There's nothing happy about fear. There is lots of happiness in faith. You know, joy and happiness are often used interchangeably, but they they mean something similar, but there's something different. Joy is the search for happiness, and happiness is the arrival of happiness. And that means that we're actually fully in the moment that we're in and able to take in the joy and happiness that we're experiencing. You know, uh, there, there's a uh, – it's been said that gratitude – is related to happiness. And I agree with that because gratitude means that we're not living in a, a funnel of our own life. We're not protecting ourselves from the world, but we're actually accepting the world and we're actually acknowledging the good there is in the world. You know, we need to spend less time in our head and more time engaging and having friendships that are healthy. All right, that's our show. You know, thanks for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, life is short. Smile while you still have teeth. Also, if you tell your spouse to embrace their mistakes, don't be surprised if they hug you. Also, if you get married and if you find a good spouse, you, you can be happy. If not, you'll become a philosopher. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. 
that's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 